1 Peter 3, beginning in verse 13. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. This message today, as I mentioned a moment ago, is entitled, Prepare Your Defense. Prepare Your Defense. Because at the heart of this portion of Scripture are the words in verse 15 that read, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. These blessed words are like so many other ones within the pages of this Bible. Words that I have read over and over again so many times. But with each reading, I have missed out on much of the real depth and significance of their meaning. And that's why I keep emphasizing to us over and over again each week that each of us needs to spend more and more time reading and studying these scriptures, meditating on them, literally chewing on every word, else we will surely miss out on some very, very important secrets of the kingdom of God. They're hidden all within these scriptures. And we need to dig one level deeper every time we read them. Why does God do it that way, though? Why does He intentionally limit some people's ability to understand His words, His ways, His precepts, sometimes just temporarily, but then other times eternally? And I confess to you that I really don't know why it's that way. But I do know that He does that. He spoke about that in Matthew 13 when He explained to His disciples the meaning of the parable of the sower. Let me read those words, Matthew 13, beginning in verse 10. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he's speaking of this, these other people, such as the scribes and the Pharisees. Why do you speak to them in parables? And he, this is Jesus, answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Odd words. Odd words for our evangelical minds to understand and to accept. But those are nonetheless the words of the Lord Jesus. And He is holy. And He is always good in all that He does. And I trust His judgment. So then though I don't fully understand His purpose and His decision to sometimes limit for a while or for an eternity the understanding of these secrets of the kingdom that he speaks about here, his decision needs to be all right with me. But that does not mean that we should not pursue after this depth of understanding that we're talking about here. Because there are so many, many 
secrets of the kingdom that he speaks about here that are all cloaked within these words of these scriptures and ready to be opened and understood. But you and I must understand our comprehension, our understanding, our knowing of what he is saying to us is only given as a privilege by God's Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you and me, each of us, to diligently pursue after and to be some of those special ones, to really beseech the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to allow us to be some of those special ones who can read and hear and know God's secrets. Now we actually have some of those secrets right here within these words. And I want us to take this opportunity to dig one level deeper into the depths of these words. And so then, concerning this verse 15, let's begin by asking the right questions. Those questions being, what is this special kind of hope spoken about here? What is this special kind of hope? And then why and when and under what circumstances would you or I have need to defend our reason for having that hope? Verse 15 again. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So again, what is this special kind of hope that's spoken about here? It is a hope that is born out of a need that is present within every soul to believe and to trust that there surely must be more to this life than simply these meaningless pursuits that so consume our minds and our efforts every day. Pursuits that while they give some immediate gratification to us, immediate satisfaction, they really provide nothing of eternal value for our soul and our spirit. And then beyond that hope is the hope that when the days of this life are over, then there must be something more than our just returning body, soul, and spirit back to the dust from whence we came. And folks, without that kind of hope, without that kind of hope, our lives become meaningless. A person will just simply waste away the moments of their lives, accomplishing nothing of real value, and only going from depression to depression. And God knows that. And in His great mercy and grace, He lovingly then puts a remedy into every soul. He puts this beginning deposit of this wonderful gift of hope. And so every soul is born with a certain amount of hope within them. And for those of us who have grabbed hold of the promises that are within that hope and have pursued after the blessings that are within those promises, we have become different people. Different people from what we once were. So different that those who observe us are stirred to ask this question that's being put to us here today. To ask why. Why are you different? Why have you become who you are? What is this special hope that you have? And that's why we're commanded here to then, at that moment, be ready with an answer. 
a defense for this hope that is within us. And folks, listen, that defense needs to be a good and a proper defense, one that is founded upon and supported fully within the pages of this book. And as these words tell us, you and I need to be prepared ahead of time, ahead of time to know and to present that defense. And the question is, are you, right at this moment, prepared? If I were to be so bold as to call your name right now and ask you to stand and give a defense of the hope that is within you, would you be confident in your presentation? Would you be excited about standing up and saying, yes, I know why I have this hope within me. But I do fear that most of you would not feel so confident. And I do know also that that would be so with probably most every church member in every congregation. Because yes, we have spent many years sitting in our church pews, hearing and soaking up these truths that we've heard. But we really haven't taken the time to prepare ourselves to speak them back out again. And especially to be able to speak them out in such a manner that would be appropriate to the person who's asking or the circumstances involved. I confess to you that I have those same fears that you have. But I don't want to. And I want to be prepared. And I want to encourage you and me that we do have the opportunity beginning right now to make ourselves ready for that defense. And we really do need to get about it. Where then must our preparation for our defense begin? It must begin with the full assurance that what we believe and the hope that we have within us really are based on a truth that is absolute. And that truth has an authority behind it. The power and the trustworthiness of a source that is beyond our own abilities and beyond the power and the trustworthiness of any other man is based on the strength and the might and the power and the holiness and the righteousness of the Almighty God and Him alone. And know in the process of a defense, we do know that not everyone wants to recognize and accept that God is an acceptable source of authority. But as I thought through this, I came to understand that that's not really relevant to our defense. Because just because that individual doesn't want to accept God as being God does not make God any less God. It just makes them foolish. So then, God Himself and these scriptures that He has given to us must be then the source of the proof, our only source. And as we dig just one step deeper within them, we find that the foundation and the substance for all of this special hope that we have within us is founded solely upon the person and the work of Jesus Christ and upon none other than Him. Whether it be the salvation that cleanses us and redeems us from our sin or it be the eternal life that He and He alone provides to all who receive Him. It is Jesus who is the foundation of all our hope and Him alone.
And as part of our preparation, we need to ask the question, why is that so? Why is that so? Why is Jesus the only avenue for us to have such hope? Why is He our foundation? Why and how can it be that these precious benefits can only come through the person and work of Jesus Christ? Because the question is out there today. Is there not more than one way to get to heaven? And may I assure you that a lot of people believe that. That there are other ways to get to heaven. But you and I need to be sure that there is only one way. And although you and I may actually know that answer, what He is instructing us to do here in this Word is to be prepared to give an answer. We need to know of such Scriptures as Acts 4.12 that says, There is no other name given under heaven by which you shall be saved but that of Jesus Christ and Him alone. And then we need to know why that would be so. Because that's going to be their next question. Why would that be so? It is because Jesus, though being a man, was not just a man. He was God. Truly God. And as God, He possessed all authority and power to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Recall those circumstances when the scribes and the Pharisees would confront Jesus when he would say, as he did to the woman who was caught up in sin, your sins are forgiven you. Or the paralytic, he says, your sins are forgiven you. You and I need to know that he has the power and the authority to forgive sin because he truly is God. As God, he possessed all authority and power to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us completely, to free us from the control of sin. And by coming to earth and dying on the cross, He gave His life a ransom, and He paid all those penalties that we owed for our sins. You and I know these things, but you and I need to be prepared to speak them back out. Because we know these things, the more we would study and the more we would take them into our own hearts, we can then, for ourselves, believe that we are saved to the uttermost and then we can speak it back out with full confidence that we know that we will enjoy eternal life with Him in heaven. But listen, not only that, this hope that we have within us, it includes within its promises that as we await our entrance into heaven, we also have the assurance that between now and then nothing can separate us from God and from the hope that we have in Him. Those words in Romans 8, beginning in verse 38. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. This, folks, this is the hope that I have. And my hope is real and it is eternal. And I am convinced of it all. And I want you to be convinced of it. And I want myself to be ready to say these words that I have just said to you the very next time that I am put on the spot to defend this hope that I have within me. And I want you to be prepared to do that also. 
Now I'd like to take the next few minutes and think through some of those circumstances, those opportunities that might present themselves when we'll be put on the spot to defend this hope that we have within us. Again, verse 15, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is within you. Now sometimes, those who might ask us such questions about our hope, they're only making casual conversation. Now that does not take place very often in such serious matters as this. But sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. And even then... Though it be a casual conversation, you and I have a responsibility. The same responsibility that we'll have in every other circumstance, and that is we must be ready, even in that casual conversation, with an appropriate response. Because who knows? Who knows? The Holy Spirit might take that casual question and our well-prepared answer and then lead that dear one down a path towards salvation. We have to be ready in every circumstance. Now, more likely though, a question of this nature will come to us from an already sincere seeker of God's Word. And that's when you and I should be well prepared to give a good answer. One of an evangelical nature. One that would lead them perhaps down a pathway to where they might eternally receive Christ as their Savior and Lord. But even more likely than those other two opportunities, this context that we're reading here suggests there will be far more challenging circumstances that will face us. One in which we find ourselves under some sort of pressing confrontation. And folks, that's when it would be especially good and right if we had an immediate but a well-prepared response. Because those who are questioning us will most often have rebuttals. And so you and I then need to be well read. We're instructed in Scripture to study, to show yourself approved. You and I need to be ready, as prepared as we can be. Now, there's an additional word of encouragement here from the Lord Jesus that helps us during those times, though, when we may not have studied well enough in a particular circumstance or involving a particular person. And so we may not be as prepared as we need to be. And so Jesus says in Luke 12, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you're to speak in your defense or what you're to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Now while these words in that circumstance might seem that the Lord is saying you don't need to prepare. We don't need to be prepared ahead of time to have those right words. But that's not so. That's not what the Lord is doing here. And that's why we have to remember that any time that we just read a verse or even a a selection of verses that they don't always establish an ongoing doctrine. They may be for a particular circumstance and that's So with this, we're admonished all through these scriptures, by the way, that we are to study to show ourselves approved. We're to learn and to seek after and to pursue the knowledge that is laced all within 
these scriptures. So then when the Lord Jesus tells us in these words to not be worried about what we will say when we're brought before the magistrates, He is simply reassuring us that if we have not had opportunity to fully prepare ourselves regarding some particular matter or for a particular question that our accusers might ask, it's then that God's Holy Spirit will be faithful to provide us with all the additional answers that we'll need. I'll close these words for now and I hope to continue with them next week. But I want to encourage you from these words to be prepared. And I want to invite you to even begin by taking perhaps these notes from that I've given you here today. Use them as some beginning point or whatever other means that you might need. But please do be prepared to give a defense for the hope that you have within you because may I assure you that most every time that you are questioned it's someone who you're very close to. Most often the venue that we have to share our faith is with family. And you and I need to have the right words at the right time because it may be the time that they would change and become the person that God wants them to be. These words again as we close. Verse 15, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Let's pray.